So let's turn to Romans chapter 10. I'll be reading verses 13 through 21. And if you're willing and able, I do invite you to stand for the reading of God's word this morning. And as we go to read God's word, I remind you once again that this is indeed the word of the living and true God. The words that we are about to hear are not my words. They're not the words of men. It's the word of God himself. And so it is true forever for all people everywhere. And it is indeed a life-giving, precious gift. And I pray that we will receive it as such this morning. Let's hear the word of God, Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the ends of the world. But I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. Then Isaiah is so bold as to say, I have been found by those who did not seek me. I have shown myself to those who did not ask for me. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. I learned this week that the Treasury of Pennsylvania has uh, nearly $4 billion worth of unclaimed property. That could be some of your money. Checks that have been lost or maybe were forgotten to be cashed, tax refunds that were sent to old addresses. It's just sitting there waiting for the rightful owners to claim it. I think they say and on average one in ten people has some of that money, the average amount being $1,500. So you might want to check that out. But I just wondered, as I was thinking about that, I wondered that if, if you knew, if you knew that one of your relatives or a friend or a neighbor or a coworker or really anyone, if you knew that someone had, let's just say, a million dollars, a million dollars in unclaimed property, just sitting there in that treasury waiting for them to get it, if you knew that, would you tell them? And maybe we need to add a qualifier. Okay, let's, let's, let's say you also knew that if they got that million dollars, it would not hurt them at all. It would only be used to bless them and others. And you knew how they could get it and you just had to tell them. Would you tell them? Would it be hard for you to tell them? You know, as we think about this this morning, as we think about Romans chapter 10, we see that in the gospel of Jesus Christ, we have far greater news to tell the world. We have far greater riches to offer. We have news about eternal salvation, union with Jesus Christ himself, the riches of God. We know how to tell people how they can be free from any and all condemnation. 
how they can have the sure promise that everything will work together for their good. How they can never be separated from the love of God. How they can have true hope and comfort in any and all circumstances of life and death. And on and on and on. And I wonder this morning if you yourself personally have received these riches. And if so... Will you tell others how they can receive the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord? Because that is God's plan for how people are saved. They hear the gospel. Someone like you tells them the good news of Jesus Christ, crucified, risen again. You know, you would not be saved today if someone had not told you the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, our main point today is found in verse 17 where it says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And because faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ, we must hear and believe and obey and faithfully proclaim the word of Christ or the gospel. I want to consider that main point this morning under four headings. First, God's mercy and extending salvation to Jews and Gentiles. God's desire... For people to be saved, God's method of salvation, and then finally our response. So first, God's mercy in extending salvation. We see this in verses 18 through 20. And here, Paul, once again, he expresses his concern about the unbelief of Israel. And in doing so, he makes it clear that God has extended his mercy, his salvation, throughout the whole world, to both Israel, the Jews, and also to the Gentiles. So look at verse 18 again. Paul writes... But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed, they have. For their voice has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. There Paul is quoting from Psalm 19. Uh, Paul is often quoting from the Old Testament scriptures. This one's from Psalm 19. You may know that Psalm 19 is about the world that God has created. And how this world that God has created bears witness to everyone of their creator. Paul himself will pick up on this uh, in Romans chapter 1, where he says that all mankind, we are all without excuse. We are accountable to God. Why? Because God the creator has clearly made himself known to everyone, to all of mankind through his creation. This reminds me of a story I think I recently shared with the men uh, on Friday morning at men's prayer. I, this might be one of those stories that preachers tell that's not true. I can't confirm that it's true or not, but it's a wonderful story. Uh, there was apparently this, this man who did not believe in God, and uh, on a Sunday morning he saw a, a young boy coming out of church, and the man was just an instigator, so he went up to this young boy and he said, listen, young man, what, if you can show me where God is, I'll give you a treat. And the young boy, sharp as attack, replied without missing a beat, You show me where God isn't, and I'll give you two. It's a sharp young man. That's the the point of Psalm 19, right? We sang about that earlier. This is my Father's world. He speaks to me everywhere. Everywhere God is showing his glory, showing his, his creation to us, and showing his glory to us through his creation. Well, in Romans chapter 10, verse 18, Paul uses this analogy just as God's voice has gone out in creation to all the earth. All people everywhere can see it. They can hear it. So too, the word of God, the gospel, has gone out 
to Israel. Israel has indeed heard the gospel. That's not the problem. So then he continues in verse 19. But I ask, did Israel not understand? So they've heard, but did they not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you jealous of those who are not a nation. With a foolish nation, I will make you angry. And this is a quote from Deuteronomy chapter 32. The context there is that Israel has forgotten her God. Deuteronomy 32 verse 18 says, You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. So Israel did hear, she did understand, but she forgot or she rejected her God. And so the Lord in his judgment on Israel extended his mercy to the Gentiles. The Gentiles were not a nation of God's chosen people. They were not children of the promise. They were not children of the covenant. But because Israel heard the word of God, they understood the word of God, but they rejected the word of God, God responded by extending his mercy to another people, to the Gentiles. Not only for the benefit of the Gentiles, yes, it was for their good, for their salvation, but also as a way of getting Israel's attention. Because the Jews would see these outside nations enjoying the blessings of their God, and they would be jealous. It's as if they would say, wait a minute, that's supposed to be for us. And the intent would be that Israel would see and repent and return to her God. So we see God's mercy, his mercy in the first place, and extending this wonderful salvation, not only to Israel, but also to the Gentiles. Next, we see in verse 21, God's desire for Israel to be saved. Paul quotes Isaiah 65 and verse 21. But of Israel, he says, all day long, I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. God's people, his chosen people are rejecting him. And he continuously shows his mercy to them. You know, in the beginning of this section, Romans 9 through 11, it started with Paul's anguish, remember? His heartache at his, his fellow Israelites, his fellow Jews. He sees so many of them rejecting Jesus, and his heart is broken because they are cursed. They are cut off from Christ. But Paul is not the only one who has anguish in his heart over this rejection. In Matthew chapter 20c, we see Jesus himself lamenting over Jerusalem. He is in deep anguish over her rejection of the prophets, her unwillingness to come to him for life, for the rest that only he can give. In Luke 19, on the very day of his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he weeps over these people. He said they do not know They don't know the things that make for peace. They will not receive salvation in Christ. So here in Romans chapter 10, Paul quotes the Old Testament prophet Isaiah to show God's mercy, his patience toward Israel. All day long, he's holding out his hand to this disobedient, this contrary people. He's showing his patience toward them, his desire for their salvation. Apostle Peter picks up on this in his second letter where he says the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but the Lord is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. 
So we see the heart of our God. We see God's desire for Israel to be saved. But we could say that more broadly as well. God's desire for all people to be saved, both Jews and Gentiles, people from every tribe and language and people and nation. God has extended his mercy to the world, to Israel and to the Gentiles. He has a desire for all people to be saved. And he also has a plan to accomplish this desire a method for bringing about this great salvation, which we see in verses 13 through 17. God's method of salvation. Let's hear those verses again, starting at verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? And then verse 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Let's do that, complete the phrase once again. This is a saying that is uh, often said in Christian settings. So if you've grown up in the church, maybe you've ever had a church history class, maybe you've heard this saying once before. People will say this. Preach the gospel If necessary, use words. Several of you have heard that before. Some people say St. Francis said that. Maybe, maybe not. Preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Now, I think that we can appreciate the idea behind that saying, right? That, That our lives, the way that we live, our character, our priorities, the way that we talk, the way that we treat people, That's all to reflect the love and the grace and the truth and the beauty of Jesus. Yes and amen. We agree with that wholeheartedly. But how does that saying, preach the gospel, if necessary, use words, how does it line up with Romans 10? It doesn't. Right? Here Paul says, if you want to preach the gospel, if people are to be saved, if they're to put their faith in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins, you must use words. In fact, you cannot preach the gospel without using words. Someone must speak the word of Christ so that people can hear and believe. If someone doesn't open their mouth and tell people, they won't hear. If they don't hear, they can't believe. If they don't believe in Jesus, they will not call on him for salvation. And if they do not call on Christ, they will not worship him. They will not know him. They will not love him. They will not be in relationship with him. And they will be condemned to hell for eternity. Away from the love and glory and joy and peace and presence of the Lord. Beloved Paul clearly, very clearly, lays out for us here God's method of salvation. This is the way it works. This is how people come to know Christ. Someone must preach the gospel to them. Someone must speak the word of Christ. Now, I know some of you might think, well, I'm not a preacher, so I'm off the hook. No, you're not. Just because you may not be called to be a preacher doesn't mean this word is not for you. Yes, this is an encouragement to those who are called to preach the word of God. But, beloved, all Christians are sent by God into the world as ambassadors, witnesses for Christ, to proclaim Christ. We all can tell people 
how the Lord has had mercy on us. Indeed, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, not if preachers are in Christ, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. What a privilege we have. What a responsibility that God actually makes his appeal through you, through me, through us. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is speaking to his disciples after he has already risen from the dead. They see the one who had died and been buried alive again. He's standing before them. They hear them with their own ears. They see him with their own eyes. And he's about to ascend into heaven. And he says to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. And that word is not only for the 12 apostles at the time. They're not the only ones who have been given the Holy Spirit, are they? Beloved, every single one of you, from the youngest to the oldest, when you trust in Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you and resides in you from that day forever. All believers have the Holy Spirit within them to make them witnesses for Christ. In John chapter 17, Jesus is praying and he says, Father, as you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world. And then he prays for us specifically. He says, Father, I don't ask for these only, the apostles who were there with him at the time, but for those who will believe in them through their word. That's us. And he prays that the world would believe that Jesus was sent by the Father through us. We've been sent by Jesus. So we have these bold headings in our worship guide, right? Hopefully you see them, you pay attention to them as we make our way through our worship each Sunday. And, and they're there, they're designed to help us rehearse the gospel. This rhythm, this weekly rhythm. So if you look at page 16, we don't often point this one out, so perhaps you miss it at some time. But the top of page 16, what does it say? Every week, Jesus sends us with his spirit. Beloved, all who trust in Jesus are sent with the power of the Holy Spirit to proclaim Christ. And so if we want to be doers of the word and not hearers only, as we study our way through the book of Romans, yes, we desire and we pray for people to be saved. We start there. So we start praying and we encourage you to share those prayer requests with one another. That this church family, we can partner together with one another in prayer for the people that we know and love. That we desperately long for them to come to know and love Jesus. So we start there, but we don't stop there. We also pray for opportunities and we seek to be prepared to make the most of those opportunities that the Lord gives us to proclaim Christ, to open our mouths and tell people about Jesus. You know, Nikki talked about that, that negative voice that we have to silence in our minds. And I, I, I learned this from someone, one trick that you can have to talk to people about Jesus, because sometimes I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm not sure how to start this conversation. I'm not sure what to say. There's, there's 101 reasons not to open my mouth, right? And this one guy just said, sometimes just, just open your mouth and start speaking. 
and see what comes out, right? See what the Holy Spirit will do. I've done that sometimes. At least it gets the ball rolling, gets the conversation started. Verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Beloved, this is the way that God brings people out of darkness into his marvelous light. There is guaranteed success in this method. When the gospel is proclaimed, lost sheep will hear the voice of Jesus and be brought home. It will happen. There's guaranteed success. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but it will happen some of the time. So let's be bountiful. Let's be generous in sowing that seed and see the harvest, the fruit that God might bring from it. Faith comes from hearing, hearing through the word of Christ. Well, what is the word of Christ? It is indeed the gospel. And so if we are to proclaim the gospel, we must know the gospel, meditate on the gospel. And we encourage all of you to have some simple summary ready on hand to share with others. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, I've mentioned that before. It's one of the simplest, shortest summaries of the gospel. Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. You can all remember that. You can all share that with someone. Jesus died for my sins, he was buried, he rose again from the dead. Because of that, I have life and hope for all eternity. It's as simple as that, to share with someone. Or maybe the gospel acronym I've shared with you before, it's on the inside cover of your worship guide today on that reflections page. It may not be the best summary of the gospel, but it is a good one and a simple one. And if you can spell the word gospel, you can remember these pointers. And I think of these things not as a script, but as a guide. You know, if I can remember these pointers, it can help me share the gospel with someone. So G, God created us to be with him. O, our sin has separated us from God. S, that sin cannot be removed by good works. So P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. E, everyone who repents and trusts in Jesus has eternal life. And L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Every one of you can learn that and have that be as a guide that can help you share the gospel with someone. I would encourage you to do so, that you would be prepared that we know the gospel so we can share and then we seek to proclaim the gospel from a heart of love and a life of service. You know, you've all heard me say this before and I believe that your life bears witness to this truth. We talk about the things we love. We are all natural evangelists for the things that we love. Here's a simple example. So this year... I've learned about something I didn't know about before, I don't think. Dahlia flowers. You know why I know about them? Because I have good friends in this church who talk to me about them. Because they love them. So they tell me about them. They show me them in their garden. They send me pictures of them. And now I love them. I want some of them in my yard. You know, it's not a bad thing to talk about. These are good gifts from God that we can talk about with one another. But we do that, right? Acts chapter 4. Peter and John are commanded, under the threat of imprisonment, under the threat of physical beating, 
They're commanded, don't talk about Jesus anymore. And what did they say? They said, we cannot but speak of what we've seen and heard. What are they saying? They're saying, we can't keep it in. Even if we try. You can beat us. You can throw us in prison. It doesn't really matter. We just can't even keep it in. What had they heard? What had they seen? They had heard, they had seen the glory of the risen Christ. And so, beloved, if you are not eager to speak of Jesus, and I say this to my own heart as much as I would say it to you, if I, if, if Troy De Bruin is not eager to speak of Jesus throughout the week, it may be because my eyes are not fixed on him. They're fixed on something else. My eyes, my heart, captured by the glory of lesser things. You know, in the fall, what is it for many? It's football, or it's weather, or it's pumpkin everything. These can be good gifts from God, but they're not worthy of the devotion of our hearts. And if they capture my heart, if they capture my voice more than Jesus then that's a problem. If the first things my kids think about is that I love Michigan football, not that I love Jesus, that's a problem. The disciples had to speak of what they had heard and what they had seen. Beloved, have you heard, have you seen the glory of Jesus? Now, how do we do that? Well, primarily we do it right now. We do it right here. Gathered worship is primary. This is a gift from God to do just that in our hearts. It's, a, it's the primary feast that we have, the weekly feast that we have. And does this not increase your affections for Christ? As we gather weekly to worship him, doesn't this not encourage you to talk to people about Jesus being together here? So that's primary. But it's not the only way. We need daily reminders, daily rhythms, daily habits. And there are so many. And they may be different for you than they are for me. But there is a wealth of music that exalts Christ that you can listen to on your own, on the go, today, wherever you're at. You can listen to any song of your choosing. And there are so many that exalt Christ. That has been a great encouragement for me. There are podcasts, sermons, stories you can listen to anywhere on the go. A great one is called Compelled, the Compelled Podcast. And it is just story after story after story of this very thing. People hearing the word of Christ and calling on the name of the Lord and being saved. And that will encourage your heart to hear about God's work of salvation. There are books that you can read. Without number of the making of books, there's no end, right? Is that what they say? So many books that exalt Christ. There are so many ways. You know what what helps me the most, and thank you for enabling me to do this, is to study the Word of God, to meditate on the Word of God. There are times when I'm out in my outside office, one of the local coffee shops, and I'm studying the Word of God, and sorry for the people who are there, but I can't keep it in. I'm going to have to tell somebody next to me, what I am seeing in the scriptures of the glory of Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, I memorized the last verse in 1 John. 1 John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. I memorized it many years ago. I have thought about it often, pray about it often. And just recently, 
I saw it once again in its context. And I thought, I made a big mistake. I should have memorized at least the last few verses of the chapter. Because if you back up, 1 John chapter 5, verse 20 says, We know that the Son of God has come. And he has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is true God and eternal life. And then comes the command. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Why? Because idols are fake gods. They are a false hope. They cannot satisfy. But Jesus Christ is true God. In him is eternal life. So you meditate on that. You think about that. Jesus, you are real. You are living. You reign. You are the true God. You give us eternal life. We are in you. Think about that. And meditate on that. And then until you cannot help speak of it. And share with someone Beloved, your, your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and your classmates and your teammates and your enemies, if they don't know Christ, they are in the grip of the evil one. And they need deliverance. They need rescue. And the only way that comes is through Jesus Christ. And you know the rescuer. You know the deliverer. You know the way that they can get in on the riches of Christ. Beloved, this is God's method. His method of salvation is for you, his people, to proclaim his glory, to proclaim Christ, to tell people of the goodness and the glory and the beauty and the love of Jesus. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I want to share one incredible story with you of how God does this. There are millions of stories. And I would encourage you today, if you, if you stay here over lunch, ask someone to share their story. With you, or you share your story with someone else. Here's one Elias Keach, he was the son of a pastor in London in the 1600s. And when he was 20, he wanted to get away from dad, he wanted to get away from his home, so he sailed across the ocean to land in William Penn's new colony in 1686. And in his suitcase, he packed a black robe and a white band, the outward marks of a pastor. Why? Because he was a pastor? No. Because he wanted to be a pastor? No. He did it for fun, for mockery, because he was going to pretend to preach out of his rebellious heart. And that's what he did. He didn't have the spirit in his heart. He was a rebel. He pretended to preach for sport. But his father was a well-known pastor, and, and so word got out that the son of this famous pastor was in town preaching, and they would go to hear him preach and so he took to the pulpit and he began to preach. And in the middle of his preaching, preaching that he himself did not believe, preaching that he began as a farce, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him and effectually called him and he couldn't physically continue. He began to weep and he humbly admitted that he had been faking, but now he heard his own voice preaching in mockery the word of Christ. And he believed. And in that moment, he called upon the name of the Lord. The power of our God to change a heart. Beloved, Elias Keach got saved in the pulpit while preaching the very message he previously did not himself believe. Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. So our final point today is this. What's your response to God's truth? What's your response to God's truth? Verse 16 says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. Not all Israel had obeyed the gospel. And Paul was heartbroken over that. And beloved, I would ask you today, 
have you obeyed the gospel? What does it mean to obey the gospel? Well, one way we could say that is this. To obey the gospel is to act on what you know to be true about Jesus. To act on what you know to be true about Jesus. Not just to know facts about Jesus in your head, but then to base your life on it. To let it change your life. So yes, it does include believing in Jesus, trusting in Jesus, and doing so in a way that is reflected in your life. To obey the gospel is to be able to say yes to our first three membership questions here at Proclamation. If you want to be a member or if you already are a member, then you've been asked these questions and you have said yes to them. The first one is this. Do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God, justly deserving his displeasure without hope save in his sovereign mercy? To obey the gospel is to say, yes, I know I am a sinner and I deserve God's just condemnation and I have no hope except for in Christ. It starts there. The second question, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners, and do you receive and rest upon him alone for salvation as he is offered in the gospel? To receive and rest upon Christ alone, that's to call upon the name of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. To call upon the name of Christ is to to give up or to relinquish or to forsake every other confidence that you may have. And to turn to Jesus as your only hope for salvation. There's life in him and in him alone. And then that third question. Do you now resolve and promise and humble reliance upon the grace of the Holy Spirit. That you will endeavor to live as becomes a follower of Jesus Christ. And beloved one of the ways that we do that. That we live out this life as a follower of Christ. Is we faithfully proclaim Christ. That's why we say it every week. Proclaim Christ. That's why the name of our church is Proclamation. So in the very name, we would be reminded not only of the gospel itself, but of what God has called us to do. So yes, we pray for people to be saved. And we know now. You know now, right? You knew this before you came, many of you. But the only way that can happen is if they hear the gospel. We are among the people who know the gospel. Not everyone does. Last week we heard from our brother Mike that a young lady in this country had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's people around you who do not know the gospel. They can't share it if they don't know it. They can't call on Christ if they've never heard of him. So we're among the people who know the gospel. We're among the people who have been entrusted with this gospel message. It's entrusted to your care and now you're called to faithfully steward that. And not in your own power, not in your own wisdom, not in your own strength. This is amazing. Not only does God give us the gospel, he gives us the Holy Spirit. The power of Almighty God within us. He makes us his witnesses. He makes us ambassadors for Christ. And so God now makes his appeal through us. And so beloved, may I encourage you by the grace and power of the Holy Spirit in you. You can indeed be faithful in proclaiming Christ. You, every one of you. From the youngest to the oldest, you can be used by God to help people hear the gospel. I'll tell you what you can't do. You can't change a heart. You cannot save a person. But you can be the voice. You can be the the voice that God uses to speak the word of Christ, 
that then God grants to be received with repentance and faith so that people call upon the name of the Lord and are saved. Amen? A proclamation over the years, you heard us repeat the phrase, every member ministry. You've heard us say, all are needed. That every believer in Christ is given a gift to be used by God to serve the body, build up the body. Yes and amen. We want to encourage you to continue to reflect that. Our outreach team has said, we want that same idea to be brought over to this area of evangelism. Every member proclaiming Christ. Every one of you being faithful to the way God has made you, the gifts he has given you, the personality he's made you with, being faithful to how he made you, and being faithful in the opportunities that he gives you. So today I ask you the question, who will you tell? Who will you tell? God is calling you to be faithful where you are. Every day, in every way, to everyone, everywhere. Every day, in every way. So, so we have tracks available out on the table. That may not be for you. But it might be, and you don't know it yet, because you've never done it. So I'd encourage you to take a track home. Maybe you just read it for yourself. It, might, it will help you meditate on the glory of Christ. It'll help you understand the gospel. It might help you just talk to someone. Or maybe then you give it to someone. That, that might be a way you use. It might not. But it's one way. It's a tool that you can use. There are many others. The gospel acronym. Learning a simple summary of the gospel. Inviting someone to church. It's never too late. In my prayer last week, I think I mentioned it. In this local community, a man in his late 80s was invited to church. He went to church. He heard the gospel. He was saved. Inviting someone to church. Your life of service is a way that reflects the gospel and may present opportunities to talk to somebody about the gospel. Your prayers for people, your own testimonies, your own comfort and the sorrow of life may be seen by those close to you and give you the opportunity to share with others what is your only comfort in both life and in death. It's not yourself, it is Jesus Christ. So we want to be faithful every day in every way to everyone everywhere. And so yes, I pray that some of you, some of you among the proclamation family will go to proclaim Christ where he's never been proclaimed before. That as we continue, maybe 20 years from now, Lord willing, as we continue in our church, and I may still be here as the pastor, that some of you have grown up and you've been called and you are, you are sent to tell people who've never heard the gospel that they now are hearing it from your lips. I pray that some of you will be called by God in that way. The need is great. There are people who have never heard. But I also pray that all of us, every single one of us, will be faithful where we are. That we'll just go across the street to a neighbor. Not across the oceans right now. Across the street to a neighbor. Across the office to a co-worker. Across the field to a teammate. The classroom, the playground to a friend. But that as we are going, wherever we are, the Holy Spirit will, will fill us and enable us to speak the best news the world has ever heard. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me close with another story of God's power at work. This is a true story. Told by another PCA pastor, Michael Milton. 
about 15 years ago, he was at a conference on worldwide evangelism, worldwide evangelism and, and he was hearing about the incredible growth of the gospel, the spread of the gospel and the growth of the church in Asia. And the conference ended with this testimony of a school-aged girl. She's standing before this large gathering of people, dressed in her school uniform, and, and she's carefully reading her testimony, and it included the death of her pregnant mother. And then she told about how her and her father, who worked for Kim Jong II at the time, they sought to live after that, after, after the death of his wife, the death of his uh, unborn child, the death of her mother. And her father was converted to Christ during that time, and so they fled. They fled to China, and they were living with Christians. But then her father returned to North Korea out of a love for his people to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ that had saved him, went back to share it in North Korea. And for this, like many others, he was put in prison. And during that time, this young girl lived with a pastor and his wife. And three years later, her father's released. They were reunited for a short period. Why only for a short time? Because her dad went back again. Went back to North Korea. And he had not been heard from since. And she said they've probably shot him. As they do many others who preach Christ. And so the girl then is adopted by this pastor and her family. And now at 18 years of age, she's giving her testimony. And she says, I want to go to school. I want to go to university in South Korea. I want to study political science. Why? So I can get a job in diplomacy. So I can go into North Korea and do what my father did. To share the love of Jesus with my people. And her voice begins to crack just a bit. And she pauses and she continues. And she says, please pray for my people. Please pray for North Korea that they will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Beloved, that young lady had heard. She had seen the glory of the risen Christ. She believed. She knew. That faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And so she was compelled by the love of Christ, by the glory of Christ, by the truth of the gospel to go to North Korea so her people could hear the gospel and be saved. Why? Why would she want to do that? Knowing what had already happened to her father, knowing what could happen to her. Because she knew. Beloved, you know. She knew that knowing Jesus, life with Jesus, the riches of salvation, it's worth far more than $4 billion. It's worth far more than all the unclaimed property in all the world. And she knew the only way people can come to know Jesus and be saved, the only way they can enjoy the riches of salvation is if they hear the gospel. Beloved, we have heard the gospel today how will you respond and who can you tell for the glory of god and for the salvation of all people amen